Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. In this season of rush and overstimulation, bearing down on the darkest day of the year, here's the most important directive I can give you right now. Breathe. Zen teacher Karen Meisen Miller writes, during the long, slow months of the pandemic lockdown, I discovered something new. I discovered my breath. Breathing might not seem like much of a discovery occurring as it does 20,000 times a day for each of us. Mostly, we remain unstirred by its subtle constancy and unmoved by its deep mystery. Yet right there under our nose lies a journey into the pulsing heart of a living, breathing universe. Breathing is the most profound teaching. Every thought, every action, and every moment comes from it. Each breath defies our expectations and is entirely original. Sometimes long, sometimes short, sometimes smooth, sometimes not. Breath is movement and movement is change, the truth of our existence. We can hold on to our expectations, beliefs, and judgments, but we cannot hold on to a breath which is a manifestation of the present moment. The exhalation itself guides us into the empty ease and release of letting go. From getting to sleep to completely waking up all day at every moment, the healing power of the breath is both practical and profound. One of the very first instructions in learning to meditate is we can always return to the breath. If you're frightened by the high quotient of don't know with which we're living right now, your breath has the capacity to return you to balance and ease. If you tend to anxiousness or depression, breathing is for you. The instruction is, take a breath, breathe. It's a wise one. As soon as I began reflecting on the sermon, I heard a coach say it to an off-balance athlete, a medical assistant say it during an ejection, and a very kind grandfather say it to a frustrated young person. We can all appreciate the reset that comes from a deep inhale, exhale. Are you breathing? Let's breathe.
the Buddha recommended going into the forest, sitting under a tree, and simply breathing. Mindful breathing, he said, was the path to spiritual awakening. And now, more than 2,500 years later, scientists have proven that deep abdominal breathing encourages full oxygen exchange that is not only beneficial, but transformative for our body, mind, and spirit to release stress, relieve depression and chronic pain, fight inflammation, quiet your mind, sharpen mental clarity, increase energy, improve both your mental and physical health, and activate life-extending genes in your DNA. Just breathe. If you're lucky enough to watch a baby breathe, you'll see how their little tummy rises and falls rises and falls. They're breathing from deep down, diaphragmatically, for reasons that make no sense to me. Somehow, as we grow into adults, we lose our way. In fact, it's not conscious, but many of us are actually big fans of holding our breath. We are literally breathless. The principles at Move to End Violence say this. The habit of social justice activists to abandon, deny, or repress our needs in sacrifice to the collective mission denies movements of their most important resource, the people part of people power. Our mind, body, and spirit are deeply interconnected. When one part is tired or depleted, all parts are tired or depleted. By attending to and restoring one part, all parts benefit. Stop, they continue, take a breath. When we take a conscious breath, we can think more clearly, have more control over our next words and our next steps, restore and rebalance ourselves. Just breathe. Take a breath, but not just any breath, a deep breath. When our breathing is shallow, we're signaling to ourselves that something is wrong. I'm not convinced that first we experience a threat and then we start breathing shallowly. It's entirely possible that accelerated breathing is almost habitual when there's just too much going on and it signals threat, freeze, fight, or flight. Oxygenated blood rushes to our extremities to help us escape. This would be helpful if suddenly a tiger were loose, but it's really unhelpful if we're just stuck in the middle of a traffic jam or in a heated conversation. Deep breaths, the kind of breath we take when someone says, take a breath, signal safety. Let's take a deep breath together. And another. There's the good news. We can override the there's a tiger response and return to a parasympathetic or resting state simply by shifting our breathing deep into our belly. Our vision clears. We can see the way forward, way opens, as the Quakers, the friends say. 
In the ancient yoga philosophy of Hinduism, breathing is a bridge between the mind and the body. Swami Nirmalananda Giri writes, every single movement in the cosmos is a movement of the cosmic breath. In our personal cosmos of the body and mind, nothing occurs that is not a movement of breath. Every life process is breath itself. Breath is the substance of which the inner and outer universe is constructed, as well as the power within it that causes us to move and live. Breath is all. Find your breath. Breathe. The most restorative breath comes from breathing low in the body rather than high in the chest. Your inhale should fill your belly and your exhale should be long and slow. Zen teacher Karen Meisen Miller says, when I breathe as if my nose weren't in the middle of my face but located two inches beneath my navel, inflating and deflating my belly, my mind clears. When we get out of the way of our breath, all kinds of good things ensue. Let's breathe. There are many, many breathing techniques used in meditation. I want to introduce you to my favorite. You can do this for hours, but my discipline is just to do three rounds at a time. The perfect number to bring you back home from wherever you went astray. It's called the four, seven, eight breath. And it comes to us from the great yogic tradition of India. If you'd like, we can do this together. Do it now. Just get yourself into a restful position. I like to do it seated, but whatever feels restful to you is fine. And first, place the tip of your tongue just behind your front teeth. Once you're a seasoned meditator, just this action, getting your tongue into position, will begin to even out your breath. We're going to count in a moment, but let's practice first. So tongue behind, front teeth, inhale, and let the breath out with a whoosh. Okay, so inhale, and whoosh. Okay, so here comes counting, four, seven, eight. We're going to inhale for four, hold gently for seven, and exhale for eight. Ready? Okay. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, exhale, whoosh, four, five, six, seven, eight, pause. And let's do it again. Inhale for four, hold for seven, and exhale for eight. Ready? Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, exhale, whoosh, 
four, five, six, seven, eight. Beautiful. You can keep going if you'd like. Four, seven, eight. Inhale, hold. Exhale. That's always available to us. Help is just a breath away. I'm going to close this sermon by honoring the person whose legacy includes teaching me to breathe, really breathe, at the height of the last pandemic. Pneumonia, pneumocystis pneumonia, was one of the first opportunistic infections identified in people living with AIDS. In the long years before the discovery of aerosolized pentamidine, my Provincetown parishioner, Jim, lay in a hospital bed not far from here, fighting for air in the darkness. Entering the room and seating myself next to him, I felt as if I couldn't breathe. I turned on a light. I watched him begin to grow restless, and his eyes were just widening above the oxygen mask. He wasn't getting enough air. His panic rose to the point where he tore away the mask, gasping, frantic, flailing, fighting for his life. He reached for the mask again, and somehow we got it back on, and he would lie back down. Sweat beating on his forehead, utterly drained. The alternative was to sedate him. He wanted nothing to do with it. I felt useless and strangely frightened, although there really wasn't anything more to fear. He wanted me to stay, and I thought of Jesus in Gethsemane. Will no one stay awake with me? We settled in for the night. Again and again, the restlessness and panic, the gasping and flailing, the surrender. I felt my own panic rise and subside, only to rise again, and I wondered, can I do this? And the answer came to me as another question. Do what? There was nothing to do. With the strange clarity, sometimes born of fatigue, it occurred to me that one of us had to be willing to keep breathing no matter what. I needed to breathe. Jim, sweetheart, I said, we're breathing. As long as we're breathing, we're alive. I know it doesn't feel this way, but there's plenty of oxygen coming in through your mask. Let's just breathe together. You're in charge. He wanted me close, but he couldn't stand to be touched. It seemed that he needed every available pore to breathe. I rested my hand on the sheet next to him so that the fingertips of my pinky barely grazed his. We began to breathe together. The intimacy of it was extraordinary. When a great wave of sadness washed over me, I had to let it come. I had to let the tears fall because to fight them would have meant I had to hold my breath and I needed to breathe with Jim. He wept too, wept at the profound sadness of leaving all that he loved. 
We looked at each other, gazing deeply until the tears had run their course. And then there was no more panic, no more gasping, no more fighting. There was just peace. Peace and quiet and faces shining and one breath at a time. At long last, he fell asleep, his chest rising and falling. In the night, his breathing changed, his breaths coming farther and farther apart. And just before dawn, they stopped. Jim was stopped. I'm still breathing. In difficult moments, I return to that anointed evening and follow his lead. Beloved spiritual companions, let's breathe. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, exhale, whoosh, four, five, six, seven, eight, breathe, amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Here are the words of the Buddha for you. O monks, if developed and practiced continuously, the full awareness of breathing will be rewarding and of great benefit. O monks, our community is pure and good. Such a community is rare. And any pilgrim who seeks it, no matter how far they must travel, will find it worthy. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.